Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program when you visit walkintruth.com. Hey, are you enjoying the holiday shopping for Christmas? How about the lights, music, and traffic? Well, join us for the next half hour to dive into the Bible. Here's the end of Pastor Chris Van Hook's study in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 called Singleness, Marriage, and Ministry. I want to say to all you single people here, but this is not just for living truth. This is in the body of Christ as a whole. But I want to say, if we have ever made you as a single person feel less whole, less holy, or a second-class Christian, then I want to apologize to you. And I ask that you would forgive us for doing that. And I want to remind you married people that we need to make sure we're not doing that. If God has called people to live single and, and serve Him in that way, or maybe they're just waiting to get married, we need to make sure that they understand they are valued people. They are valued Christians and that we love them. And if you choose to stay single, and remember Paul said you need to have this gift of singleness. By the way, do you want to know what that really means? It means that you don't struggle with sexual desire. That's the gift of singleness. That's what he's talking about. If that's not an issue for you, then you may have that ability to live singly and not struggle with, um, you know, with lust or anything else. And, and you can serve the Lord fully and, and wholeheartedly. But look, some of you that are single want to be married. And that, that's great. That's awesome. But Paul has some things to say to you too. He's saying, single men, single women, if you choose to marry, hey, that is not a sin. If you choose to marry though, it must be in the Lord. It must be in the Lord. Now, technically, the command was given to the widow, but I'm going to show you that it applies to everybody here in a minute. 1 Corinthians 7, 39 and 40. If you look there again, a wife is bound as long as her husband lives, but if her husband is dead, she's free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. But then says, but in my opinion, she's happier if she remains as she is. And I think that I also have the Spirit of God. Now again, Paul is speaking and he's saying it's opinion. Uh, Pastor Michael taught you that earlier when Paul was speaking, it was just something the Lord hadn't taught about. I don't know if this is as strong as that. It may just be an opinion that Paul is giving, but he certainly thinks he's giving a good opinion here in either case. Now, first, I want you to make sure that you don't misunderstand verse 29. Verse 29, it says, a wife is bound to her husband as long as she lives. That is true unless it's been a legal divorce, okay? Paul is not saying that you're bound even though you got divorced, and even if the grounds were unbiblical, so to speak. If you want to know more about that, go back and listen to my message called The Wrong Question. I spent a lot of time on that particular subject. But I want to make this really clear because I have actually heard teaching, in fact, I've read a couple of books where this was included, that if you did not have biblical grounds for a divorce, but you were legally divorced, that what you needed to do if you were remarried was divorce the second spouse and you need to go back and reconcile with the first spouse. Yeah, there's people out there that teach that. The thing is, if that's true, they never read Deuteronomy 24. And you might take some time to read that and find out that God says if you do that, that's an abomination 
to the Lord. That's not what it's talking about here. All Paul is trying to teach here is that if a woman is widowed, she can remarry if she so chooses. But she must remarry another believer. And the reason I said that that principle can be taught to anybody who's getting married, to be married in the Lord, comes from 2 Corinthians 6.14. You know this verse. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? So we already know that we're not to be unequally yoked in marriage. Now that doesn't just speak of marriage, but it does speak of marriage. We need to be yoked with other believers. Now the last category that's going to be spoken of here, and this is an interesting category, it's fathers and mothers, really, with unmarried daughters. He speaks to fathers with unmarried daughters. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one because you have to remember, in ancient culture, in this culture, the Jewish culture, and believe it or not, the Greek culture as well, And I had to look this one up because I wasn't sure about this. But in both of those cultures, marriages were arranged. And usually it was a deal between the two dads. Now, some of you single girls in here are going, oh, please, don't tell me the Bible says we have to do that. No, it doesn't. This was part of the culture of the time. And the two dads would get together and there would be a financial bargain struck with the money exchanged. By the way, most of you maybe don't know, but But that money that was exchanged, there's a difference between a bride price and a dowry. A dowry is what a woman brings to the marriage. The bride price is what is given by the prospective groom. It's supposed to be put in a savings account, so to speak, in case later on the husband dies or even in that culture there were divorces. That money was to go to the woman so that she had something to take care of herself because women didn't have a lot of opportunity in that day. That's why you read in the book of of Ruth. Remember, what did Ruth have to go do? He had to go glean in the fields to try to survive. But that's what would happen in that culture. And so in verses 36 through 39, Paul is just telling the fathers, look, when it says act unbecomingly, that's not some weird thing, okay? What he's saying is, if you have kept your daughter thus far and, and you haven't given her in marriage yet, because you desired her to be fully committed to the Lord. If that was your desire, and, and she's been there, and maybe now you're thinking, well, maybe that's wrong, maybe I've been unfair, maybe I, I really haven't treated her right or thought of her feelings, she wants to get married. Paul's just saying, let her get married. It's not a sin. You're okay. You didn't break a vow. Just go ahead and let her get married. But he says it's also okay for her to stay unmarried and dedicated to the Lord. Now again, if, if you were a young woman at that time, I would certainly hope you would go to your father and say, okay, Dad, I know you want me to stay unmarried for the rest of my life, but look, <laughs> I'd kind of like to get married. Can you go out and find a guy here? Let's get this thing done. But all Paul is saying is either way, it's okay. No sin involved here either way. So, of course, in our culture today, we can, we can say it's, it's really not up to us who our kids marry, even though most of us would like it to be up to us, would we not? I think a lot of us dads are going, I could do a whole lot better job finding the right guy here. And uh, we, we'd like to do that. But look, at 18 years old, our kids are legally able to get married without our permission. 
And that's the society we live in. And so, really, our job today, rather than to, you know, try to force something to happen, our job today is, look, number one, the Bible tells us, train our kids up in the way they should go, in the ways of the Lord and in the way that they should go as individual people, encouraging them in the gifts that God has given to them. And then, I will tell you, after that, our job, and I've told many of you parents who have come into my office as your kids are becoming adults this, your job now is to get knobby knees. What do I mean by that? you got to pray. You need to be praying, praying, praying all the time because you're not going to run your kids' lives anymore. They're going to make their own decisions, and we need to pray and ask God to work in their lives. And then be available to them when they're asking or wanting or needing help. That's our job. So if we were to look at this chapter, if we were to say, let's, let's kind of sum up this whole this whole thing that Paul's talking about here. You know, and let's say Paul was standing in this pulpit instead of me, and you guys would be much more riveted, I'm sure, um, to that. But if, if Paul was here in, in Corona today, I think he would stand up here if he was using our vernacular today. He would, he would probably say something like this. Look, Coronians, calm down and Christian on. Just calm down. Because, see, they had all of these concerns, and and they were good, but they were trying to make rash and hasty decisions based on the fact that now I'm a believer. My life should change completely. And Paul's just saying, just calm down and, and walk your Christian life. Look, married people, stay married and do the best you can in that marriage. Don't neglect your duties as as parents and as spouses one to another, but also don't use your marriage as an excuse for not being in fellowship, for not serving the Lord in ministry, for neglecting. Don't use your family for neglecting the spiritual gifts that God has given to you. God has given you all a spiritual gift. Singles, married, God's given you spiritual gifts and He expects you to use them. Don't use family To say, well, I can't use my gift because this all has to come first. No. Paul's saying don't do that. Single people, he's saying to you, if you want to get married, that's good. But I I would say this to you. Don't spend every minute looking for your mate. Don't be obsessed with finding a mate. I was was actually listening to uh, Dave Rolfe from Calvary Chapel Pacific Hills teaching on this same subject, and he he said something that kind of struck me. uh, And it's probably true. If you're too obsessed with finding a mate, you're probably pushing potential mates away. So that's just a, an advice for some of you young people. I think that that can be true. You can scare people off. And I think you need to be careful. I would say really be careful if you're going to Christian singles groups. Again, I'm just being real practical here. It's been my experience over many years with many different churches that a lot of those Christian single groups are just like these kind of hunting grounds. And that wolves in sheep's clothing come in because all they're looking for is a certain type of relationship with a a girl that they're not interested in marrying. Now, I hope that's not true everywhere. I hope some are really spiritual. But you need to be careful there. Don't be so obsessed with finding that mate. While you're single, look to the Lord and go, Lord, what do you want to do with me? There's nothing more attractive, and I, I will say this unequivocally, there is nothing more attractive for a person looking for a spouse than to find another person who is totally serving the Lord and totally growing in the Lord. 
and totally being used by the Lord. That is attractive to a real strong believer, and that's what you want. You want to be equally yoked. Hello, my name is Lori, and I'm from Corona, California. You're listening to Walk in Truth Radio. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Now, here's Pastor Chris, right here on Walk in Truth. Probably say something like this. Look, Coronians, calm down and Christian on. Just calm down. Because, see, they had all of these concerns and, and they were good, but they were trying to make rash and hasty decisions based on the fact that now I'm a believer. My life should change completely. And Paul's just saying, just calm down and, and walk your Christian life. Look, married people, Stay married and do the best you can in that marriage. Don't neglect your duties as as parents and as spouses one to another, but also don't use your marriage as an excuse for not being in fellowship, for not serving the Lord in ministry, for neglecting. Don't use your family for neglecting the spiritual gifts that God has given to you. God has given you all a spiritual gift, singles, married, God's given you spiritual gifts and He expects you to use them. Don't use family to say, well, I can't use my gift because this all has to come first. No. Paul's saying don't do that. Single people, he's saying to you, if you want to get married, that's good. But I I would say this to you, don't spend every minute looking for your mate. Don't be obsessed with finding a mate. I was was actually listening to uh, Dave Rolfe Uh, from Calvary Chapel Pacific Hills teaching on this same subject and he he said something that kind of struck me um, and it's probably true. If if you're too obsessed with finding a mate, you're probably pushing potential mates away. So that's just an advice for some of you young people. I think that that can be true. You can scare people off. And I think you need to be careful. I would say really be careful if you're going to Christian singles groups. Again, I'm just being real practical here been my experience over many years with many different churches that a lot of those Christian single groups are just like these kind of hunting grounds and that wolves in sheep's clothing come in because all they're looking for is a certain type of relationship with a a girl that they're not interested in marrying 
Now, I hope that's not true everywhere. I hope some are really spiritual. But you need to be careful there. Don't be so obsessed with finding that mate. While you're single, look to the Lord and go, Lord, what do you want to do with me? There's nothing more attractive, and I I will say this unequivocally, there is nothing more attractive for a person looking for a spouse than to find another person who is totally serving the Lord and totally growing in the Lord and totally being used by the Lord. That is attractive to a real strong believer. And that's what you want. You want to be equally yoked. So instead, just serve the Lord with your undivided attention until you know, he, he brings someone along. Or, you know, look, I'm not saying, I know several Christian people who have gone on dating sites, um, Christian dating sites, and they've gotten married. There's nothing wrong with that, but just don't be obsessed with it. Just calm down, Christian on. The thing is that When we're single, we just want to let the Lord be our all in all. We want to let Him meet all of our needs. And and He will. Just deepen and grow your relationship with Him and serve Him fully with gladness along with, not separate from, but along with all the people in here that are married and serving the Lord as well. Because that's what God wants. He wants us to work together serving Him, using our gifts being in joyous fellowship one with another. I'm just going to use one example here for, for single people and especially for those because I know we have a lot of widows in our body here. And uh, I know those first years are so tough. I'm going to use my mom as an example even though she wasn't a widow. Uh, my mom was, and, and some of you have even seen uh, my mom. You know, she grew up really groomed to be a Hollywood star. And, um, you know, I've put pictures on, on Facebook. Some of you have seen them with her with Frank Sinatra and Abbott and Costello and all these people from when she was young. She had everything it took to be a fantastic uh, movie star, singer. Um, the only thing she didn't do is dance, which is why I didn't get that gene either, in case you were wondering. Um, but she, she had, and in fact, it's almost a miracle that she didn't become a star. Growing up in Hollywood, singing at the Palladium in Hollywood at 13 years old. I have newspaper articles that say, you know, she's up for a next movie role. Never got one. Turned one down, but never got one. And so she got married, and my, her and my biological dad got divorced after 11 years. And um, during that time, she was singing professionally in all kinds of different places. Um, after she got divorced, we, we moved around. I, I've told people this. I moved 18 times before I graduated from high school, going around different places where she had to go and sing. But Reno, Tahoe, Palm Springs, usually back in Orange County. Then she got remarried. And unfortunately, uh, that one didn't work out too well either. Um, got divorced again. After that second divorce, and not too many years afterwards, my mom receive the Lord. She said she came back to the Lord. She thought she accepted the Lord when she was a kid. But she came back to the Lord and she came to the Lord on fire. The last 20 some years of her life, she spent um, working as an assistant at, at a church. Her pastor was a guy she managed in the nightclub business. She got saved and he got saved, delivered from alcoholism and they started a church together over in Pomona. So the last 25 years of her life, She was dedicated fully to the Lord. The Lord had gifted her with the gift of singleness. And 
even though we disagreed theologically many times, <laughs> the kind of church that she was at, and sometimes I would straighten her and her pastor out. Um, but her life was completely dedicated to the Lord. And she never once again really ever thought about getting married again. And God used her in a tremendous way. So I want to share that with those of you that are in that situation, either by divorce or being widowed, that God has a great plan for you. And God wants to use you. God use, wants to use every one of us till our very last breath. Amen? So calm down, Christian on, married, single, and let God be number one in our life. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for Paul and his writings to the Corinthian church and how he answered their questions, how um, he spoke to their needs, and Lord, how he so clearly shows us that no matter what our circumstance is, that we just need to be committed and dedicated to you first. And Lord, that you will bring all the things that we need. You will bring a spouse if we're supposed to have one. Lord, you'll take care of the needs of our family. Um, Lord, that even though that's a critical part of what we do as married people, um, that we just can't allow that to uh, be the only thing we do. Now, Lord, we need to be spending time with you personally. We need to be in fellowship with one another, and we need to be serving you. So, Lord, I pray that you'll just speak to each one as they need to hear what you said today, Lord, and anything that's just my opinion, Lord, that can fly out, the, out of the brain, Lord, but anything that you want to speak from your Holy Spirit, Lord, please do that. And, Lord, that we would take to heart the things that Paul is speaking to us, and that we would make sure that we're following his instructions here. And so God, um, as we do that, there may be one in here this morning who has heard this and, and yet they have never actually even received the Lord. Maybe they don't know what it means to serve you and, and what we're even talking about here, but maybe you're tugging on their heartstrings and that's the desire that they have today that they're like, I, I, I think I need this, this Jesus that they're singing about this morning that they're talking about today and lord if that's the case i pray that right now that they would make that decision that they would follow you and and lord that they can just do that in the in the quietness of their hearts something like this uh, jesus i see my need for you i realize that i need to serve you because you died on a cross to to save me from my sin and to bring me into relationship with you and I want to make that decision now, Lord. I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. I want to be totally committed to you. And Lord, I thank you that you will give me new life as I receive you into my life today. In Jesus' name. And Lord, for, for all these uh, wonderful people that I get to see every week, and Lord, just spend time with and... Uh, just watch, Lord, their love for you. I just pray that you would cause each one to grow even stronger. Lord, uh, that they would deepen even their personal relationship with you by daily time with you and all the things that you would want to do with them, Lord. Uh, and I pray, Lord, that you will take all the things that we hear in here, Lord, and that we will take it out and share it with the world that needs to know you. Uh, 
uh, that needs to hear what you have done for them. And we thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Walk in Truth, and that was the conclusion of the teaching Singleness, Marriage, and Ministry by Assistant Pastor Chris Van Hook. This was a three-part teaching, so if you missed any part of it, you can listen for free on walkintruth.com, or you can find the Walk in Truth podcast on apps like iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and many more. Search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app today. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, as we've been listening to Pastor Chris Van Hook, our beloved coach, he said, you know, if Paul was here uh, in the church, I think he would say, calm down and walk your Christian life. People think that when they become Christians, there needs to be a dramatic change quickly. And you know, there is a dramatic change that happens when you're born again. There's no doubt it's dramatic. But look, sanctification or the change in your uh, walk and habits for most people uh, is going to be a process. And we have to allow that process to take place. And look, when you're married or you're single or you're in ministry, you're dealing with people, right? And all of us are in process. And we have to remember the grace that God has poured into our lives so we can extend that grace to others. And we can also hold people accountable, but do it with grace and love. And make sure that love is our motive and gentleness and respect. Tune in tomorrow to hear a special message by Pastor Michael. We're going to take a break from the book of 1 Corinthians to focus on Christmas. The message tomorrow is one Pastor Michael recently preached called Hope Foreshadowed. I'm Mike Massaro, and as always, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.